Welcome to the Swift Hour. I'm your host, Keisha Berry, and this is your invitation to learn with us on the go. This is a podcast where we share best practices, industry trends, insights, and thought leadership perspectives from industry-leading experts so that you can get an insider's look into making your digital transformation a success. Welcome back to the Swift Hour. Please join us as I continue my conversation with J.B. Sarazan, Senior Business Consultant and Resident Supply Chain Expert here at Lean Swift. There were other things that come up when you look at supply chain, and so one of them is how they need to be resilient. So what are ways that organizations could be resilient with their supply chains? Well, no easy answer guess, here. Is this going to be long or short? <laughs> I'll try to make it short. <laughs> All right. I love hearing you talk. So go go for it, JB. Oh, um, no, there's no easy answer to that. I mean, um, every supply chain is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any supply chain, everything you do to get more resilient is basically going through backup plans, way outs, multiple sourcing, and alternate routes. So you're trying to simulate what if scenarios, what could happen? Uh, and if that happens, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? You're going into simulation mode, like you're playing SimCity. Oh, it's a bit old as a game, but anyway, <laughs> you're in SimCity, you built your uh, your city, and now you go into simulation mode and you say, okay, let's make an earthquake, right? And what's, hap- what ha- what's happening to my city? It's the same. Well, not only earthquake, but you're simulating. Mm-hmm. Uh, disruptions. Um, mm-hmm. So you work on those what if scenarios and try to build backup plans and way outs for that. If you think that you need to mitigate that risk, if you don't think there's going to be an earthquake, then you don't. You might not need to cover for that. But if you do, then you need to find backup plans, right? Well, um, and also too, I would think another thing is that you can't do it alone. Oh, that's true. Um, that's another key element, it's communication. Um, you need to see an event coming or at least be informed about it. And it's not just you. Um, you to, to get information, you need to talk with your suppliers, your partners, your customers, and again, you're the suppliers of your suppliers and so on. You need to build that supply chain of communication. Mm, right? There, so there we sh- go. Yeah, <laughs> so you, you kind of share your data, explain how your supply chain works, uh, what are its strengths and weaknesses, and you share it. And sometimes, yes, you're saying my supply chain is not that strong on that part, because by saying that to your customer or to your supplier, you might find solutions together. Okay, supply chain is worldwide; it's global. So. Mm-hmm. There is no way you can solve everything by yourself. You need to have communication with all your partners in your supply chain environment to, again, mitigate risks and share those risks. So that's really a key. Communication is really, really important. Even if sometimes you communicate things that don't seem really good for your company. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's weaknesses, but those weaknesses, if you share them, maybe yeah. you can find solutions together. Well, and that's what I was just, as you were speaking, it's being okay now with this 
new area of risk and maybe exposing weaknesses and bringing those to the table. And through that analysis and honesty comes real growth and strength in the supply chain. Okay, that, JB. That's it. You got it. <laughs> you nailed <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> I, I nailed it. That's great. Okay. So I wanted to, for our listeners, because you have so much experience, can you share a story of when you've worked with a customer and what were the top areas that they needed to address when they were looking at taking their supply chain up to the next level? Oh, customer experience. Um, let's see. And is okay. it in food and beverage? Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm going to try I'm to giving take you another a hard time. example. <laughs> yeah, because, okay, not only food and beverage. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, I worked, it was a couple of years ago, uh, I worked with a textile company mm-hmm. uh, and they wanted to improve their supply chain, right? And they were focusing on inventory costs and customer service level, which are two basic pillars of uh, supply chain, right? Um, so we analyzed their supply chain and we came up with a with a plan uh, yeah. to move their organization from logistics. They were mm-hmm. only managing logistics, like you know, I'm moving pallets from one side to another, to really supply chain management. So we covered supply chain planning. Uh, very deeply, like so from sales forecasting to midterm constraints, constraint supply planning, sales and operation planning, and even scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, and we implemented the Enforce Supply Chain Planning Suite for that. So for this company, implementing that system, but more importantly, that those processes, uh, mm-hmm. the first output was awareness. And again, it's about knowledge, right? Uh, for for the first time, they could see how their supply chain behaved, right? They could they could see what was going well and what was going wrong. Um, so, implementing a software helped them immediately in some areas, like forecast accuracy, for instance. Okay, so mm-hmm. they, they got a better forecast because they use the statistical forecast calculation. Okay, and that's good. But most importantly, this allowed them to improve some of their processes and take mm-hmm. action on those processes. You see? And so when you say they had more visibility, is that because they were using the Infor supply chain, like different tools that they hadn't used before? Yes, these tools didn't exist. They were just organized around logistics, not okay. planning, not midterm, long-term planning. So they couldn't see where where you, mm-hmm. they could have a problem, right? When when they had a problem, it was already there. It was already like a shortage in the in the raw material or a shortage in the production uh, in the manufactured product, and say, oh, we're on shortage. Yes, mm-hmm. so what do we do? Then, well, we call the customer and say that we're going to be late. Okay, but uh, for how long? No. And, well, no planning again. So, okay, let's tell them that it's going to be there in a week. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's not going to be in a week. And so you need, they needed to call their customers back again and say, oh, it's not going to be in a week. It's going to be one week further and so on. So this kind of stuff allowed them to see that and to understand mm-hmm. what the impact was so they could anticipate some of the 
some of the the errors that they or the problems that they could get and also when they saw that problem they could plan against it for the mm -hmm. first time so um so and they saw that for instance they had a lot of shortages on product on finished products but it was basically because shortage arises when you have a customer order and it's not fulfilled right mm -hmm. but just by discussing with their sales teams they discovered that the sales team was just giving the customer unrealistic delivery days so the customer said hey i want a product for tomorrow okay we're going to put an order for tomorrow for you okay, i've been in sales i admit i've done that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and again it's it seems like yeah we need to to tell the customer what he wants and to say okay you want that we're going to get that but at some point right. and it's the same for us as individuals i want to know when i'm going to be delivered Mm -hmm. I don't want you to tell me something that I want to hear, but then don't get the product at the right time. So they, they define with their sales teams and their supply chain, they define realistic mm -hmm. delivery dates. So the customer would say, you would say, okay, it's not going to be tomorrow, but you will have it on Wednesday. Okay, is that good for you? Well, if it's on Wednesday, yes, but it doesn't have it, it should not be on Thursday. Yeah, okay, it's gonna be Wednesday. Mm -hmm. But it, this yeah. is a firm date. And your supply chain can supply that product on Wednesday. So everybody is happy and you don't have any shortages. Yeah, no, I, I mean everything you're saying just so rings true in terms of how important the communication piece is and the working together both internally and with your suppliers and customers. And just from my background, I mean, I love anything that has to do with, you know, um, securing or not protecting, enhancing the customer experience. So ignorance is not bliss. Clear communication, honest communication, and uh, is really critical and key. So, um, yeah. I'm, I mean, any other pit? Are there any other pitfalls that you would say um, organizations need to look at? I mean, I know we talked about communication, right? So to me, that seems like just such a huge component. Yeah, communication. Uh, it's supply chain manager is a control tower. It's not an ivory tower. You need to have a lot of information and to communicate on whatever you do on your supply chain. And it's the same with the KPI that we talked about, the planning adherence. It's mm -hmm. about communicating that pro that planning and make sure that that planning is understood and that is executed. If not, then your supply chain doesn't serve anyone. So that's the first. Uh, the other one is a bit like we talked about overall equipment efficiency, it's all the habits. You yeah. Know, you, if you want to improve your supply chain, you need to like remove some of the barriers and that that you built uh, during over the years in your company, saying, "Hey, we're doing like this." Uh, okay, why? Well, we've always always done like that. <laughs> uh, okay, so try and break those rules and see what happens. Again, in simulation, not in real life, right? Mm. But in planning systems, you can run that those what-if scenarios. Just an example, you're running a chemical company. Yeah. Um, why not try and remove most of your batch sizes? Every batch mm -hmm. size that is not linked to a physical constraint of your equipment, you just remove them, right? Mm -hmm. And you try to plan against it. Because most batch sizes in companies are based on economic quantities, 
there there's this Wilson formula that uh, that calculates the the point in which uh, the quantity for which the the cost is best uh, between the manufacturing quantity and so you have that formula and you can get a quantity an economical quantity. First, mm-hmm. it's all about economical quantity, not about customer uh, service level. And second, <clears throat> you just calculate it once in your company, and then you can find this number like 10 years after that. So you, because you just don't get, recalculate that number oh. very often. Mm-hmm. So it's just all the habits. Yeah, at some point, someone decided that the batch size should be 1,000. Right. So I keep that 1,000. It was based on a, a good formula for economic quantity and stuff. Okay, but the economic quantity changed. Probably you never recalculated. And making those 1,000 bat- quantity uh, kilograms or whatever unit, um, you get that 1,000, but maybe against your new customer requirements, that doesn't make any sense. Because I don't know, your customer is ordering you 100 a month. So mm-hmm. when building your 1,000 uh, quantity, you're covering for the next 10 months, putting that yeah. into your inventory. So it's, again, try and break those rules and try to rebuild that supply, your supply chain with that freedom that you get, that you give mm-hmm. it, right? And maybe those batch sizes are correct, but if you don't challenge them, you don't change them. We have like a new generation of supply chain, you know, rebel. And, and analyze and really look at the truth and speak the truth and be open with risk. And so it's a whole new generation. So I see a lot of growth and excitement in supply changes from, you know, speaking with you today. Thank you for joining us today and be sure to download the Swift Hour wherever you get your podcasts. We hope that you join us again for the Swift Hour. I'm your host, Keisha Berry. 